What's going on, Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, talking to you about why your laziness is a symptom of sickness. By sickness, I mean mental illness, and that's what's holding you back right now in your business. Your laziness is a symptom of sickness. If you're lazy right now, if you're dragging your feet getting out of bed, if your self-care is going down, if you're getting fatter, if you're turning to alcohol, if you're turning to drugs, if you are starting to let your place get messy, okay, these are all symptoms of sickness. You are mentally unhealthy right now um, because there's too much pain in your business and it's overwhelming you. That's why you see almost all entrepreneurs get fat, all sales guys. Um, have an alcohol problem, a weed problem, a weight problem, a combination of all of the above because they're in pain for so long. You should not be on a on a high pressure sales floor for more than two or three years. It's almost certainly going to catch up to you. Few guys can do it, um, but I haven't seen too many back in back in my day in sales. Um, and as an entrepreneur, it's it's a lot of it's the same situation. I've got a client of mine, a young guy right now, and about every month or every month and a half, um, you know, he starts to drink during the week. Um, you know, he, he struggles to get in and, and get motivated and get inspired. And almost always it's a combination. It's, 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 it's hating something within your business. That's what it is. For him, it's this week, it's problem clients. It's people we need to fire. And whenever a client's stressed out, the first thing I ask them is, who's stressing you out? It's always somebody. Somebody needs to get fired. An employee or a client. Almost, almost always, once you're above survival, when you're in survival, you know, at the start of your business, when you have less than 100 grand in the bank, you might have to eat a lot of dick. Um, you know, metaphorically, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that's not your business, um, your actual uh, literal business, but uh, no judgment here. Um, but yo, like, you know, once you want to get into uh, thrival as quick as you can, um, because you can't run on survival too long without the health consequences. If you look around and you see most people miserable in the world, it's because they're living on survival pretty much their whole lives and they're working jobs that they hate and um, it's not fair but you know these terrible jobs only exist be and for low pay because people are willing to do them if everybody in the world said I'm not gonna be an uber driver well there might be 200 guys in the city that will do it and and for a large paycheck and and they would get paid adequately um, but the vast, vast majority of people um, refuse to stand up to mental, um, psychological, and physical slavery. And they never have and they never will. And that's why these billions of garbage jobs exist and people are willing to work these hours in factories because they aren't willing to go out and hunt and they aren't willing to say no and they aren't willing to do without. And they go into debt and they buy shit they can't afford um, and they never make it out of out of uh, literal wage slavery, which is 99% of people, and they never will. They never will. This is the way the world's always been, and the world, you know, it's how it's always going to be. Um, 
but you don't want to stay there too long, bro. You don't want to stay there too long. If you're in that five figure range, you want to get into that six figure range as quick as you can. And if you're in that six figure range, you want to be moving towards that seven figure range because um, your laziness and your lack of growth is a symptom of sickness. Trees don't get lazy. Flowers don't get lazy. When you see a tree starting to wilt, it's because it's, or a flower starting to wilt, it's because it's fucking dying, man. Like, one day, one of your health problems is going to kill you. One day, one of your business problems is going to kill you. Hopefully, after you died, you know, hopefully your business lives on after you die. That's my goal. Um, but just recognize that every time that you're, you're lazy and then revenues are going to start going down, laziness is, is, um, almost always caused by depressed the state that you go into depressed is coming from um pain it's hatred of what you're doing it's boredom of what you're doing it's not it's actively resisting what what you're doing um and it means that uh if that continues your business will die there's no neutral you're going up or you're going down um your graph shouldn't be up and down, up and down, up and down. Ideally, you want it, you want it to be as close to straight up as as possible. Um, you know, that's why I tell guys like, don't even get into a business if you don't think you can make seven figures doing it. It's not that you need the seven figures; it's that the, that should that shows the health of a business. Like, if a business can't be growing every year, then it's it's not a good industry to be in, and most businesses shouldn't exist. I live out here in Georgia in Eastern Europe right now, and I walk down the street. There's not a fucking business that I would start here. I look in, I look in the window. There's not one business that I would start, you know, beauty salon that probably makes the owner $250 a month when they could start an internet business um, and get paid in U.S. dollars and make $250 in a day. So to get back on track... Um, Trees aren't lazy. Flowers aren't lazy. You know, when you see it wilting, it's because it's dying. And it's the same thing with you. Your mental health is going down and your business health is going down. When, you are, when you're lazy and when you're not productive. Um, and life's too short. Life's too short to, to suffer in that way. Hey man, if you're in survival right now for your business, like... You know, you don't have a lot of money saved. You're making five figures. You might just have to power through, but just lower the speed on the treadmill. You know, stop trying to do 12 hours a day. Lower it down to four or five until you get your mental health back. Um, but if, you know, if you're starting to get into that thrival and you want to get there as soon as you can, by the end of the first year in business, you know, you want to be in thrival. You want to be in, in six figures or starting to get there. Then you want to delegate and outsource your pain to other people, okay, who are willing to do that until they start to get lazy and go bad, and then you have to fire them, all right? Every, every employee will go lame, will go bad on a long enough timeline, um, including yourself and your business. Like, there's stuff that I'm not doing anymore because I was just like, man, I'm, I've been doing this for seven years. I'm starting to go lame in my own business. I need to fire myself and I need to delegate this and outsource this. Um, and there's probably stuff in your business right now that you need to delegate and outsource. And there's people that you need to fire. 
and you know who it is. You know the employees you need to fire, and you certainly know the clients that you need to fire. And here's how you know the clients that you need to fire. When you see an email or a text from them, your your heart sinks into your stomach. You're like, fuck, this motherfucker. Um, my mentor calls these motherfucker clients, okay? And a motherfucker client is a client where you wake up and you're like, fuck, I gotta call this motherfucker today. Or I hate this motherfucker. And just dealing with them is like 10 times extra weight, extra stress, extra time because they're so psychologically heavy because they're toxic people and it, it takes so much out of you dealing with these people. So my client that I was um, speaking to this week who, who went lazy this week, we narrowed it down to three different clients, you know? One of them was just a bad project. We'll see if it's a problem client in the future. We're going to wrap that project up. And now we found ways in the future to make sure that we can test future projects to make sure that we don't, he's a programmer, to make sure that we you know, can look at the code base and make sure that it's not a damn mess so we don't get in a situation where we sign a contract on, on Upwork um, where they can hurt us with a bad review and a month-long project. And then after that, we get and see the, that the code base is a mess and it's going to take us twice as long as we thought it was going to be. So I think that's going to be a problem client. He's not sure um, because I'm pretty sure they must have had to fire a developer. They wanted it done quickly. Um, the guy who was managing the project didn't know the code base was a mess. So either you know through ignorance or, or greed or both, I think they will be a problem client in the future. Um, and then there was another problem client that we... We took on at a higher fee. We said, okay, why don't we throw a higher fee at them? Because they're such, so difficult to, to work with. Um, and they took it. But now even at that fee, it's not worth it. Okay. Um, and another client who's a newer client, but they're becoming a problem. And my client's a very hard worker. He comes from a middle-class background. He is very solid middle-class. Um, you know, Protestant work ethic, which is fantastic, um, which is a great thing to have. But it can hurt you when you're trying to move to higher levels of entrepreneurship um, because it's hard for him to turn down that money. You know, it's like, hey, he's making six figures. He's in his early 20s. He wasn't making this kind of money before. He's doing way less work than he used to. And I'm like, that's all well and good, but we still need to get rid of these clients, even though they're willing to offer us good money for us to get to the next level because you're right now getting broken down by them. And that's okay. That's telling you that it's too much pain for where we're at. Um, because he's not in survival mode anymore. That's the thing. Most people have, you know, you have to adapt to not being in survival mode. And survival mode is basically like, you know, pretty much most people's entire lives. You have to go to school, you know? you're forced to by the government. And there's a ton of shame involved in not going to school. And then you have to work a job for money because you need money and there's a ton of shame in not doing what you're told in the job. But once you start to get out on your own and you don't have to do work, um, things that weren't painful become more painful. You get softer, you have to fight comfort. And comfort is a real enemy, you know? It's why you see so many guys um, stop posting or, you know, get slower over time because they get comfortable. You know, I have to push myself to discomfort every day. I have to push myself into eustress every day. 
because I know that, you know, it's very easy for me to be comfortable. It's very easy for me to get too comfortable. So I have to, you know, find the right things that inspire me within my business. You know, I had to have delegated the things that I hate and then, and then use those things that inspire me as, as eustress. You know, I didn't want to do this video today. Um, but I know that, that it needs to be done, so I found a way to get inspired by it. I will want to do videos more once my course is done and I have less on my plate and I've put most of my clients into group coaching. And then I, you know, have three, four hours where I can just research and slowly put together a video like I like to do. Um, but, you know, for a lot of guys, it's, it's hard for them to adapt to that. Um, to, to the new lifestyle of having money and not having to work. And um, that comfort can push them to laziness or mental sickness because now all of a sudden it's not inspiring to do what was inspiring to you last year where it was inspiring because you're like, fuck, I used to have to work a job and now I can work on this business for less hours and make more money. But then come next year, you're like, hey, well, I don't want to do any programming work. Any, you know, this programming work is fucking boring, right? I have the money. I don't need to do it. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to do it. And now we're in a bad place because we're uninspired and we're lazy and our business is sick and our mental health is sick, if that makes sense. So what that means is that you need to delegate that work to other people. And you need to um, fire those clients or fire those employees. And you need to accept that like, hey, you know, this is where I'm at now. The stuff that was inspiring me before isn't inspiring me now. I got to find the next thing. And that's okay. I don't have to whip myself with this middle class work ethic and then whip myself for being lazy. No, I need to delegate this stuff. You know, I, as I was saying to my programming client, I was like, dude, I need you to stop thinking about yourself as a programmer. You need to think about yourself as an entrepreneur. I don't want you doing any programming work by the end of the year. I want it all outsourced. You know, we've got three developers on the pipeline. And I said, I want them maxed out. I want them each having 40 hours of work a week. Once we max them out, we're going to hire another guy. And literally, all I want you to do is sit there on the phone, closing deals. Second you close it, push it off to one of your developers right, until he's maxed out. And then we do that with the next guy and the next guy. Um, and then all you do is manage those guys, make sure projects are going well and manage the clients. And if they're problem clients, we fire them. Okay. Cause if you're worried about firing a client means you don't have a good system, means you don't have enough leads coming through and means your conversion process of closing leads is not good enough. So if you're worried about firing a client, that should tell you that, that there's fundamental structural issues in your business that you need to fix. Um, and it would be much better for you to fire that client, free up some time and be able to fix those issues. Even if that means, you know, hey, you need to start upping your advertising spend. Um, one of the major game changes for me is like radical client selection. You know, I'm a big fan of adding a lot of value and then a lot of volume. Um, so I want to add value that I want to reach a, a lot of people. And then I only want to work with a really select few, you know. I really have a strong filter there. 
You know, I've got my sales guy doing sorting, not selling. I'm telling him, look for reasons why we can't work with the guy first. Um, so that the clients I get are my perfect fit because I'm in Thrival, you know? I don't have to, when I was in outbound sales a decade ago, I had to do outbound sales. I had to close 40 grand a month to keep my job and I had to keep every fucking shitty client and I had to hound every client. I had to squeeze every dollar out of them. It was horrible. It was a horrible way to live. Um, the ethics of the company were horrible. I hated it. And, you know, the entire reason I built this inbound machine was that so I didn't have to do that. So people would come to me. And so that I could only work with the people that I really wanted to work with, the people that I resonated with. And the clients I have now, I look forward to calling them. It's easy. It barely feels like work. It's like talking to a good friend. Um, about stuff that I'm interested in. And um, it's a beautiful thing. I love doing it. And ideally, that's where you want to be in your business. So value plus volume, and then heavy screening, and then firing. You know, you have to be willing to fire people once they start going bad. Because good clients can go bad and good employees can go bad. Um, and you shouldn't be surprised when that happens. You know, you should... You should make a note of it and put it in your ratios. Like, okay, every 10 clients I get, even in a heavy screening system, are going to go bad. Or with the employees, probably one out of three is going to go bad this year, you know, if not half. Um, happens very quickly. You're lucky to get an employee for three years and have them be good the whole time, you know. And if they are good, you know, there's a good chance they're going to leave and do their own thing. Um, so recognize that, but recognize when you're lazy, it's because of pain. And then what's the source of that pain? Why am I sick? Why am I mentally uh, unhealthy here? Who's causing it? Almost always it's who. Almost always the pain in your life. Some other human, unless it's like physical sickness, some other human's causing it. Think about that for a second. You know, like could be your commute to work is painful because you don't like the people that you're around, you know, that you see on your commute. You're living in a neighborhood that doesn't have happy, pleasant, wealthy people. And then once you get to the commute, you don't like the people in your office. You don't like half your employees. You don't like, if you're in a co-working space, you don't like the other people in the co-working space. They're stressing you out. So now that's a negative environment. And you don't like half your clients because you took them on because you felt like you needed money and you felt like you needed money because you didn't really believe in yourself and you didn't really think that um, you know, you're selling a life raft to people who are drowning or you're selling something that's super valuable so maybe you needed to work and, and you didn't have enough leads so you're like okay, I'm not fully convinced my product's like insanely valuable and that I'm the best at what I do and I'm too pussy to spend money on advertising so I don't have enough leads right and then what that does is is it creates a system of pain where and and you weren't willing to fire the employees because you didn't want to um hire and fire a bunch of people um and the and 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 you were trying to build an empire instead of a lifestyle business you know you're trying to manage 15 people Instead of building a lifestyle business with no more than three people, aiming for no more than three million in revenue, because that's about as much as you can get in a lifestyle business, being able to pay those three employees six figures so that you keep the best people and you give them every reason to stay and as little reasons to leave as possible, 
whether to start their own business or to work for someone else, you make it very comfortable for them, for the people that are consistent and reliable. You fire the shit clients, um, you fire the shit employees, you leave the shit co-working space, you you either work from home or you rent a place that's two or three times as expensive in a nice, wealthy neighborhood around pleasant people who look happy, and you get rid of those garbage clients, and you you take money out of your savings and spend it on ads. Because what's money in your savings? Well, money in your savings is saying like, I need this in case of an emergency or whatever. Well... What it's really saying is like, I don't really believe too much in my business, you know, because pretty much everybody, Jeff Bezos, uh, Steve Jobs, all those guys were all one business and all had all their money in it. Okay. Now I'm not saying you should put all your money in your business. I think you should keep a hundred K, um, across multiple currencies for whatever comes up. Um, for example, the pandemic that happened. You know, those of you guys who listened to that advice probably felt a lot more comfortable than you guys who didn't. Um, but everything else you're trying to put into into that business, you know, until you can get it to maybe doing seven figures, then you might have to put it into some other vehicles that are more passive. Okay, I'm not a big fan of those multiple streams of income until you really max out the first one. Um, you know, but could, you know, can you throw more money into ads? Can you throw more, take that savings and put it into hiring more people? Um, and if you could do that, would you not feel lazy anymore? Would you feel inspired? Would you, would you start to see like rapid growth again? Because for an entrepreneur, passion for what you're doing and speed of progress are what makes you happy. When you're feeling lazy, it's because you're unhappy. And if you're unhappy, it's because um, progress is stalled. You're starting to see neutral or going down and you know your business is sick, and passion stalled because you're bored of what you're doing. You, what you're doing is painful. So you either need to stop doing those activities in your business, um, fire those clients, fire the employees, or delegate uh, those you know certain activities that you don't wanna do anymore, um, or all of the above. And the price to pay for that could very well be financial. Could be taking money from savings and putting it into new employees, um, more ads, uh, new business services. I think I pay like ten business services a month, um, but I love paying those people. I love not doing that shit. You know, totally worth it. Second, I do this course and community. I'm throwing a ton of money into ads. All the ads are going to be to you, by the way, to guys who already have watched my stuff. Um, I'm not going to do any cold traffic, you know? So, um, that's the way you got to be thinking, man. If you're feeling lazy, it's because you're unhappy. If you're feeling unhappy, it's because you're bored and you're in pain and it's okay. Okay. The middle-class work ethic that got you to where, um, you are right now, isn't going to get you to those next levels of entrepreneurship. You need to start thinking like an aristocrat in a way about who can I pay to handle this shit for me? How can I not be doing this stuff? Um, as I said to my client, I was like, bro, you gotta stop doing programming. That sounds terrible. Like, awful. Stop thinking about yourself as a programmer, whatever it is, and try and try and see like what, of, of 
the things that you hate, like what can you outsource without a lack of, of quality, a quality drop for your clients? For example, I'm never going to outsource coaching. I'm never going to have executive coaches. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking to buy coaching and you're looking to buy from someone who's not me, don't buy from guys who have executive coaches. There's no way, there's no way those guys are as good as the, as the lead guy who started the business and, and the master of it. No fucking way. You know, a guy who takes 15 years to develop a skill set, which is what the best guys have, there's no way he's going to be able to train someone that in a year. Um, so I'm never going to step out of that part of my business, but I actually like doing that, so I don't want to, you know? What I want to do is never do another fucking course again um, or an ebook, like I did in the past. I want to have one course. I want to tinker with it. Um, once it's done, I'm going to get more help on it. Right now, I'm... I'm maxed out on the amount of help that I can get. It has to come, certain parts have to come from my brain. And eventually I kind of want to create a, a school where I can train guys in person. Um, and that's my goal, man, to be able to do that for the rest of my life. You know, to have the delivery system, the course, the community, and then to deliver the, uh, the coaching myself. I might have some auxiliary coaches in there to help with certain things of managing the community and to help me in certain ways. But there's no way that I'm not going to be involved with all my clients forever. Um, so I know exactly what I want and I know what makes me happy. Like it makes me happy to, to talk to the clients and get results, you know? So you want to get rid of the stuff that doesn't make you happy in your business that you're not passionate about. Um, and, and that's making you be in pain and 